the Knicks are generally better team without Randall. True. Like just true. Just play Obi Topping instead. You're telling me that he shouldn't have been an All Star last year. No, he, he should have been an All Star no, no, no. last he, he was, year. He, he should. Yeah. He shouldn't have made the All Star team over Trey Young. Is that what you're trying to say? I, like uh, half the league shouldn't have made it over Trey Young last year. Maybe not half the league, right. but <laughs> half the East. Yeah, the fact that what they do East and West split makes it so hard to know. You know who is who is representing which conference. Like I have to remember everyone that played in the game. I can't just <laughs> think back to the the teams. Oh yeah, let's see. I like Miles Turner for them. For the Knicks, yeah, yeah. I mean, they already got Mitchell Robinson, and they got. Yeah, I mean, uh, trade, trade Mitchell Robinson well. for Turner if the Pacers would take him. Mm. Do um Mitchell Robinson and Kemba for salary matching, but also Kemba would be good for them. Um, throwing a first round pick. Mm. I mean, I'm not totally against trading away Mitchell Robinson because they it's it's an unrestricted free agent after this year as well. Yeah, that's that too. But they also like just have Nerlens Noel, who I know yeah. is not as good. He's, he's basically as good as Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, I guess I, I, he doesn't have the potential that Mitchell has. Hmm. But I mean, to me, he's kind of the same player. I was trying yeah. to think how old they both are because in my mind. They're about the same age, but I could be wrong on that. Let's see here. Nerlens was born in 94. Mitchell Robinson was born in 98. So Robinson is four years younger. Right. Wow. That's a pretty big difference. Yeah. But Mitchell Robinson doesn't really fit the timeline if if they want to win right now. I True. don't think he's ready to be like a steady starter for a playoff team yet. Yeah. See what he gets offered in free agency too. Like that could... That could ruin your team if you have to pay Mitchell Robinson, yeah. you know, $15 million a year. Yeah. And that's just your team's over. Plus the Fournier contract stinks now. How do you guys feel about Jalen Brown? Like as a as a player? Yeah. He's like a he's like a fringe all-star type guy. How would you feel about RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and Emmanuel quickly for him? You kind of know the feeling. I'm having right now, Nate. How do you feel about the Lagos trading away all the young pieces? That, that That's how Fair. I feel when you Fair. say that. <laughs> well, I want to keep do you think, Barrett. Do you think any of the Knicks pieces, and, and like I just, I fell in love with them over this past weekend and watching them. Uh, like, do you think any of the Knicks pieces will be as good as Randall, Ingram, D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo Ball, uh, Kyle Kuzma, Jordan Clarkson? Larry Nance Jr. That's seven legitimately like yeah. rotation level players. Right? Yeah. I mean if those yeah. Oh, and Zubac? Yeah, Zubac as well, yeah. We're being a pretty good have, team today. Have have you been watching Zoo? Yeah, he had, he had like thirty. He had a had a career high a couple yeah. nights ago. Like, yes, Jokic is gonna get all of the love for his um whatever points that was. This yeah, game was forty nine point triple. 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 Yeah, and this might be the most hipster NBA take ever, but Zubach, <laughs> but like Zoo was eating, they were feeding to, like the Clippers late game offense against Denver was, all right, we're going to dump it down to Zoo and let him cook. And and he was cooking. Yeah, no, he's always been pretty underrated, like even as a defender, like he's one of the better rim protectors in the league. He was kind of dilled around like he was like just a scrub that, was going around the league because nobody really paid attention when he got traded. He was just like yeah. he was just like a salary piece. Yeah, the Lakers gave him gave him to us for Mike Muscala. Yeah, so I think that um, him being traded like that really tanked his like media value. Yeah, like his... well, he's just like the the type of player that's never going to get a lot of you know a lot of love. He's like a European big man that doesn't put up high numbers and mm-hmm. protects the rim well but doesn't, you know, get exciting block shots and is a good finisher, but doesn't crush crazy alley-oops. You know, he's like L.A. Yucca Brutal. I think the most exciting thing about Zubac is his name. Like, literally, you look at his nicknames on Basketball Reference, and they're all something Zoo-related. There's yeah. Zublock, Zublaka, Big Z, Zoo, Zupak Shakur. <laughs> Zupak. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Zoo Alcinder. Zoo Alcinder. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that was not even any. It's just like, uh, like I guess I guess he was Lou Alcindor, but 
than Sue Ellison. They're just, yeah. It's not good. Well, he's, he's got the post hooked down on Sue Elsinder. <laughs> I'm sure people think that like Mitchell Robinson's way better than Zubats, but that's like no. they're like the same tier of player. Completely, yeah, sure. I mean, I think I'd take Zoo over Mitchell. Yeah, because yeah. Sue is definitely more consistent already. Yeah, like you, you kind of know what you get with him, and he's um, he's not fouling as much. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see how much he gets paid because like Zoo and Purtle, which are like that similar tier of player of like not exciting but pretty actually good defensive center, um, mm-hmm. but can only play drop coverage. Um, they both right. got like eight million a year. So we'll see if Mitchell gets. If Mitch Robinson gets like, you know, eight to ten million a year, or if someone's, you know, in like the fifteen, sixteen million dollar range, I have a feeling that Mitchell Robinson is getting paid twelve million. Yeah, easily. yeah, yeah. I wonder if um Jared Allen's success would like talk teams into them as well. Yeah, if they'd be like, well, you look what you know, Jared Allen was just like a sort of empty stats, athletic shot blocker. Um, but then once right. you know we we got the right pieces around him, or once he had the right pieces around him, then he was you know an all star. So we we could we could do that with Mitchell Robinson. I if like the Hornets or someone will be like this is the guy that's going to fix our defense. So we'll we'll pay him like it. I, I am both high on Jared Allen, so I don't want this to sound disrespectful. But like the idea of oh we just need to get the right guy around uh, Mitchell Robinson and it'll all work. The right guy is Evan Mobley, yeah. <laughs> who is a mobile seven-footer that can step in, who can defend guards, who can uh, shoot three, like, and do some ball handling. They don't grow on trees. Yeah, there, there, are, there are like literally like three guys like that in the league. Maybe they just need to pay him to play alongside Porzingis. Uh, but even Porzingis doesn't have the mobility. Like, nah. the, getting not anymore. I don't want to keep. I, I don't want to keep repeating my same point, but. I think Cleveland's defense is so good. I think part of the reason why Jaron Allen's defense is so good is because he can afford to make mistakes because Mobley's there to cover. So like yeah, sure. he can hard switch out and he doesn't have to get back to the paint uh, and, and their team still has a rim protector. Yeah, just having two guys that can protect the rim is like takes your defense to another tier. There's almost no one that can pull it off. It's like the Warriors if they go big, um, the Bucks when Brook Lopez was healthy. And that's pretty much it. Like, there just aren't that many, and, and the Cavs, obviously, there just aren't that many guys that can, you know, sort of protect the rim while also having the versatility to, to play the four offensively and, and defensively. One trade rumor that I've, well, not rumor, but trade idea that I've seen from certain places is um, the idea of the Grizzlies, like Perry and Miles Turner with Jaron Jackson, based on that same idea that, like, Jaron has the versatility to defend out in space he can shoot so he can stretch and then you've always got two rim protectors and and just no one's going to score on you inside i have mixed feelings about that because like in doing my pacers deep dive which i guess this is our time where we plug hoop social uh i did a deep dive on the pacers having this terrible record in close games one, one of the things that i saw is like you know you try to pull off sabonis in late game scenarios like when you go off and see if it's tried to like take take Turner off, or sorry, you take Sabonis off, but then Turner doesn't get defensive rebounds. And I guess maybe him and him and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., mm. if one of them's always there, they'd get a rebound. But right now they're both are bad rebounders. Yeah. So I guess I'm not I'm not too excited to try that. Who, who, who are like the other forwards on the floor if they're going small? Like is Justin Holiday your power forward? Like that, that well, could be as much a reason as you're not getting rebounds. It's like not only are you dropping from a center to like a replacement level in terms of rebounding power forward, but you're actually going to like a guy that's like six six and two hundred pounds, um, who's not going to be able to you know box out properly. Yeah, I mean the Pacers kind of had two options. They could either go for a defensive stand, which usually they're behind, so they're not going with Tory Craig and uh, O'Shea Brissett. Like that's that's ideally the good defensive wings that you'd want there, uh, but instead they're trying to go with like a Jeremy Lamb and uh, yeah. Holiday, mm. so they're getting getting kind of crushed on the boards and giving up a lot defensively. Yeah, it was a good piece. Everyone should go and read it. And Nate, if people want to hear why the Pacers are struggling in close games and have um, the least wins compared to expected wins in the league, um, where can they do that? They can do that at hoops-social.com. Ah. You know what else they can do there? What is that? They can join 
BetUS by going to hoops-social.betus. But first, a quick ad. This podcast is brought to you by BetUS. BetUS is the official sportsbook partner of Hoop Social and the Hoops Temple podcast. US bettors in all states are welcome and payouts are fast and easy. Wow. To sign up today, visit hoops-social.com forward slash bet and take advantage of their 125% sign-up bonus. Oh, wow. Put down 100 bucks, bam, 125 bucks to bet the heat for Eastern Conference champions. An investment as solid as investing in Cam Reddish. Ooh. Now, terms and conditions do apply. Please bet responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, that's hoops-social.com forward slash bet to get 125% sign-up bonus. BetUS, the official sportsbook partner of Hoop Social and the Hoops Temple podcast. I wish terms and conditions applied to that Westbrook trade. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, you guys ready for a game? Sure. I love me a good game show. Welcome to Makeup or Breakup. The game where we ask which players or teams should either make up, as in continue working together, or break up, as in, you know, look for somewhere else to go. As always, the rules with this is value is taken into consideration. So there doesn't need to be any of these like, well, depending on the deal. Hey, if you don't think they can get a good enough deal, the answer is make up. If you think the deals are going to be out there, the answer is break up. So we're just going to pre-state that and our first duo is the boston celtics twin duo of jason tatum and jalen brown there's been some butting of heads the two don't seem to necessarily mesh together gentlemen do you think they should break up or make up i'm leaning 100 percent towards break up not just to be controversial just off the off the bat but like i legit think that they're kind of a bad matcher matching and I think Jalen Brown could be a better player on another team. And I think Jason Satan really needs a good point guard. Has one vote for breakup. Yeah, I, I agree that they need a good point guard. And I, I would rather that they make up and keep those two guys together and go out and find someone that can initiate offense. Wing players who can shoot and defend and create is the, the most valuable thing to have in the league. So when you've got two of those guys, that's what gets you into that upper echelon of championship contenders so i think you got to keep that together and like a lot has been made that they don't really work well together but i sort of think that's that they don't work well together while also not having a point guard you know it's, it's not an original opinion everyone says they need a point guard marcus smart isn't a good point guard um, in terms of initiating offense um, and i think that's what they need to guard and get nico's point of well they can move one of those guys and get a point guard for the other one um, is tempting but just if you just have their starting lineup, but with Dennis Schroeder instead of Marcus Smart, like they're 20 points better on offense per 100 possessions just by going from a guy who's, you know, an awesome defender and one of the best role players in the league, but can't initiate offense to a guy who's, you know, a mediocre point guard. Um, so if you were able to get something better than mediocre in there, you know, I think this could be a championship team. And that lineup of just Schroeder, Brown, Tatum, Horford, and Rob Williams is plus 19 in 100 positions. So their defense is always great with those two guys. And then by adding in a point guard, the offense is also pretty great. Makeup. All right. That's 50-50 split. I'm going to come in, in here and say, I kind of... That's why I shouldn't interject myself into this game. Because I don't know where I stand. <laughs> well, you're the tiebreaker. I'm just going to disagree with Nico on every point. <laughs> I think they're a terrible fit next to each other. I don't know how you get a point guard and you get a big... Can you send Brown to Portland and bring back Nurkic and uh, Simons? Probably not. Uh, I don't know. I'm just I, I'm in favor of breakup. You're not a fan of Rob Williams? Oh no, I'm I'm not. Yeah, I think I think he's a, an above average backup, but an overrated starter at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he's a solid starter, but I think he's a little bit like Mitchell Robinson where people get really excited about he does have flashes, um, but I would I, I would take Zubac over him. Yeah. Well, I think I think he's you know, pretty decent as a starting center, um, and I don't think your starting center needs to be that amazing. The main, the main point is defense, and they're, they're an awesome defense when he's in. 
So I'm, I'm all right with him. I don't think you need to spend assets to upgrade that position. Is Subac really like the benchmark for, is this a good or bad center? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he better or worse than Subac? Because if yeah. he's better, I mean, we can use him on a playoff team. Is he worse? Maybe a good backup. <laughs> yeah. He's the benchmark. I kind of, I kind of feel like it. I'm just saying. Yeah. And we use the L better or worse. Jakob Pearl, <laughs> he's a little worse than Zoo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could, he could start in a pinch, but ideally he'd be a backup. All right. I'm going to kind of avoid some of the obvious ones with this game just because, like, all right, Simmons, um, Simmons and the 76ers talked about enough. Jeremy Grant and the Pistons, they're, they're moving towards a breakup. So, before anyone asks on that, we're just we're skipping over them. I'm just trying to, trying to find some more interesting ones. Can I just mention briefly on Jeremy Grant and the Pistons? Some of the reporting that's yeah. come out about his, you know, desires in a trade. And there's basically two things. One, he has to be a primary offensive focal point. So he doesn't want to be a third or fourth option on a really good team. Like he already had that in Denver and took the exact same money to go play on a much worse team in Detroit so that he could be the guy. Um, so you've got to be a team that's willing to give him a lot of possessions. Like my favorite spot for him is... is Chicago um, but in Chicago where he's the third choice scorer and fourth choice ball handler like he's not going to be too happy um, and then the other thing that's come out about him is that he whichever team takes him is going to have to give him the maximum extension which is a I think it's a four year 113 million dollar deal Ooh. which is a lot of money to pay Jeremy Grant so if you're trading for him you need to be a team that's in a position where he's going to be an offensive a primary offensive piece and you also have to pay him which is kind of rough so maybe detroit and jeremy grant do make up yeah <laughs> I, I was gonna ask it in the reverse of <laughs> random gmx and jeremy grant do you yeah. want to make up and make a trade for them or break up and yeah. leave him in detroit the, the trade market for jeremy grant do you want to make up or break up yeah if we have to give him 113 million dollars, maybe we maybe we break up the trade market for Jeremy Grant. I know the Lakers want to get in on this. They're mm. shopping Kendrick Nunn and THT, and I think it's a 2027 or 2028 first rounder F pick, mm. which is just the lowest possible, like acceptable offer for anyone of quality. I mean, I do kind of like the idea of trading for a pick so far down the road uh, for like yeah. an already strapped team. Yeah, depending on, on what protections you get, like if it's like a top five or top three or top one or even unprotected 2028 20, Lakers pick, like LeBron's going to... I mean, we, we say this all the time, so I probably shouldn't say that he'll be out of the league. No, no, no. If he's still <laughs> in the league in six years and able to quantitatively yeah. help a team... <laughs> yeah, it sounds absurd, but like LeBron continues to be absurd. Um, no, but you know, yeah, like Le LeBron should theoretically, by all the laws of physics and nature, should be gone. Um, AD, like even six years from now, like that's probably post-prime AD. And if yeah. LeBron's gone, then like why does he stick around? The management isn't very good. They're not good at, at roster construction. They are really good at drafting though, to be fair. And so maybe if there are a couple of years of, of bad performance leading up to that point, they can, you know... Get good, they they get good players in the draft, um, but you know even they they take a while to develop. So there's there's some high upside on that on a distant Lakers pick, depending on the predictions you can get. I, I still don't do it. I, <laughs> I, if I am an opposing GM, except for the Knicks, I'm breaking up with the idea of trading for Jeremy Grant. You want it on the Knicks? I just think that the Knicks the Knicks have no clear pecking order. Yeah. I mean, Alex Burke is just going to ISO because Burke feels like isolating. I mean, I, I guess I'd rather have Grant there trying to do that. And a Grant Randall. Um, Robinson, that's pretty ugly. Like, there's not a lot of no. not a lot of spacing. I mean, Randall hit 40% from three last year. He's he's down this year. They're back more towards his averages. but <laughs> Yeah, after that one year, he's now shooting what he shot his entire career. So... Which one of those is, is anomalous? Uh, here's the thing. We're <laughs> one variant away from kicking everyone back out of stadiums again. So, I mean, maybe maybe he's he goes back to his uh, 
no one in stadium shooting. Like I kind of want to, I'm going to use Toronto as like a bit of a guinea pig, but I kind of want to follow how teams shoot against the Raptors. Cause if teams start mm-hmm. shooting disproportionately better against the Raptors, like this is a clear cut case of, Hey, they don't have fans in the stands. Everywhere else does. Mm-hmm. It really was just like, last year. You could even look at Raptors home versus away splits. Yeah. And if it's like teams are always going to shoot better at home. Um, but if it's like significantly more than what an average team shoots, you know, when they're at home compared to on the road, um, then yeah, maybe you could you could look at that. Yeah. How how much of a difference does it have to be for you as an as a NBA owner to be like, right, we're just not going to have any fans at our arena because our team is going to be so much better. Well, it depends. If the other team gets better too, then it's yeah. it's a wash. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> Like it, it would have to be your specific team gets a ton better, and the other team still sucks. Yeah, I guess that's the thing about not having fans is that both teams get whatever benefit there is, mm-hmm. and then you lose out on ticket sales and the home court arena or like. Yeah, maybe just having the dinosaur mascot is enough to um affect opponent shooting percentages. Maybe the Raptors are exactly twelve and twelve at home. And ten and ten on the road. So hmm. like right this is this is a good case yeah, to try. There's actually no home court advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They are scoring one more point at home. And then also they're scoring four points point less. No, no, actually yeah. they they've got a, a plus two and a half point differential at home and a negative basically point and a half on the road, but are still fifty or five hundred both places. So they're, they're losing close games at home, which is Probably not what you want. Yeah. But all right, back to the game show, because <laughs> I did spend an hour talking in this voice <laughs> just for this purpose. And so we have Damian Lillard and the city of Portland. Should they break up or make up? I'm really big fan of uh, when players stick to a franchise for the entire career. And I feel like if any player currently should do that it should be dame uh, i don't think his uh, like situation is good right now i think um the portland trailblazers the gm right now his job is terrible it's like it's so hard to put something together that can compete this year or even next season so terrible situation but i kind of want him to stay i'm saying make up or like stay made up continue to be made yeah <laughs> um as as is obligatory, I'm gonna totally disagree with Nico. Um, <laughs> Great. Like as as awesome as having Damian Lillard on your team and having him be there for his whole career would be for the Blazers. Um, do you know what would be even better is winning a championship? Just ask Raptors fans about when Demar Derozan got traded. They all hated it. You know, here's this guy who's been here his whole career, who's had great moments, had great seasons. Um, and they were all upset to see DeMar DeRozan get traded, and the result is a championship, and now they're all totally okay with it. Um, and I just think that you are not going to win a championship with Damian Lillard as your best player, unless you have just crazy surrounding talent, which they, which they don't have any way to get. Um, and so this team's not going to win a championship as long as Damian Lillard's there. If they can move off of him as soon as possible and get maximum value then they theoretically could win a championship in the not-too-distant future. And so for that reason, break up with the city of Portland, Dame. So actually, like, who would it benefit more? Uh, like, would it benefit Portland Trailblazers more to move on from Damien Lillard right now? Or, like, would it benefit Damien Lillard more to go to a contender? I, I was going to argue that it will benefit Portland more to give up right. on Lillard. Yeah. I mean, this is when you say, he's like, hey, man, I want to be loyal. I want to stay. You're like, ooh, but, but do you have to? Because <laughs> yeah. Simons is really blowing up. Uh, his last 10 games, he's averaging 25 points, 7.2 assists, 47.8 from the field, 44% from three on 10.6 attempts. Like, that's a lot of numbers. But, I mean, he is jacking threes at an insane rate. You know, some might say a Steph Curry rate. Our friend Cam might say a Tyler Hero rate. Um, Max Drew's it, rate. It's, it's, yeah, like <laughs> it's clear he's he's balling. And I think that 
that gives you some hope that you have this young guy and you say, all right, we can go get you two or three other young pieces and then we could have a young, exciting core. We could bottom out this year and get a top five draft pick. Um, and there, there's some, I don't want to say studs because I don't want to put like multiple all-star appearance, but there are, there are guys that might be five, six time all-stars in this draft. Uh, I think Chet could be really interesting and he's from the the Pacific Northwest area. So mm. I, I think I think this is where you, you say goodbye and say, hey, we wish you the best. And if you if you win, great. But I do think this is slightly more like Minnesota uh, giving up Garnett and hoping the rebuild goes well mm. than uh, Toronto giving up. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good call. And, and hoping that the championship aspirations go well. And so that that might give them a little bit of pause. Never heard someone say, "Man, our franchise direction is reminiscent of Minnesota," and that'd be a good thing. We just need to go the Minnesota route. Yeah, yeah. Our next breakup or makeup contestant, Bradley Beal and the Washington Wizards. Should Beal and the Wizards make up or break up? I'm actually kind of on the fence with that one. Uh, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. What I need, what what I should answer for that one? You're gonna let Dylan go first, so you can choose the opposite. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> but I was letting you go first, so I could choose the opposite. <laughs> All right, because I mean, I'm kind of indifferent with with that situation because I kind of have a feeling that he isn't going to move the needle for many teams. I feel like he's kind of overrated at this point. There's a lot of fans who who see him as like the savior of of some of these playoff teams. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of hard with, with Beal because, I mean, we kind of saw what he could do for a playoff team when Wall was there, which wasn't working that well. Well, here, let's, let's, let's put the pressure on Dylan. Right. Make up or break up? Um, the big difference between Beal's situation and Lillard's situation is the Wizards actually have a lot of flexibility to continue to improve the team. Yeah. They have a lot of... Like, yeah actually have like really good depth of of good players and some of them quite young you know kuzma's taking steps denny is taking steps so they've they've got that and also bradley beal is still in his prime you know damian lillard is you know maybe you if you're generous you say he's right on the edge of of his prime you know all coming into his post prime years um whereas beal is is a bit younger so he's still got plenty of years to to improve um yep. and and to to, to contribute um, and for that reason I think that the Wizards should just keep him um, there's you know what 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 is the the other option is that you trade him you get a high draft pick uh, what are the chances that your high draft pick is better than Bradley Beal very 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 low and, and so yeah I think that they're, they're, they're actually building something in Washington they're improving they've got some talented young players um, there's nothing that's going to blow you away at this stage Unless you can get like I don't know, like a Paul George package of a really good young player and every single draft pick, um, which I just don't think you're going to get. Um, so, in that case, like you might as well just keep him. Like be a nice team, have have someone to cheer for, continue trying to build. Hope that Kuzma and Avdia and maybe even Hachimura uh, develop more, and you know you you can figure it out then. Is this uh, the time where I'm supposed to uh, like? bring up a great point uh, in a disagreement well let me make the the point in disagreement <laughs> which is is basically the wizards aren't going anywhere right. and they're more the one big piece away so like they have a lot of movable pieces you know uh we we saw kuzma kcp harold uh be packaged together for a major salary but th there's no one that they could buy with that cost um, that that really puts them over the top. They also don't necessarily have any young pieces that look like they're going to hit that that stride uh, in a way. And Anthony Simons did. I mean, I am I love my my fellow Jew, Udeni Avdia. Like you know, shout out to the tribe. But I, I just feel like they're going nowhere, and they are truly stuck in absolute mediocrity. Like they had the inverse of Indiana, where they won a bunch of really close games. Uh, which which we look at as being a, a semi-lucky statistic. Uh, although my dive in Indiana reveals a little bit less about luck, a little bit more about, you know, just kind of 
those last several moments. But I don't know. I just if I'm Washington, I think there are enough teams that are in the championship hunt this year um, that you could conceivably get a bit of a bidding war. And if you're I mean, if other teams are going to bid for Jeremy Grant or like there seems to be four or five teams that are interested in circling the waters on Jeremy Grant, you can get something better and you could get some picks and then you could really bottom out. And I, I would just start selling just full fire sale. Go for that rebuild. Uh, that's that's my two cents. So now, unfortunately, Nico, this puts you back in the middle of needing to <laughs> right, right, right. need to be the tiebreaker. Yeah, you're the one making the decision. Yeah. Did Leonsis has come to you and says, should I trade Bradley Beal or should so, we make up? So like, I mean, I see your point, Nate. I mean, Bradley Beal has a lot of value right now. Um, but, but like Dylan said, he's going to have a lot of value for a long time. Um, he just entered his prime. The weird thing with the Wizards is that they're like like that team doesn't really make a lot of sense. The players they have are kinda like like you know Spencer Dinwiddie, KCP. Um, they're all kind of nice pieces for a playoff team, and they have Bradley Beal. They should be a pretty damn good team. Like if if the East wasn't this amazing, they should be a top five team in the East e- easily in in other seasons. Yeah. If this was one of those years where 36 wins got you to the playoffs, yeah, they'd, they'd be in a lot better position. So, so, so like, do you trade Beal for, uh, like, trying to get a new young uh, star? Because, like, that, that's the only, like, end game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know, I, know you're, I know you love your young Knicks, but, I mean, two young Knicks for Beal right now, and then two picks, like... Feels like it, it sends New York in the right direction. And whether those young guys are like Cam Reddish and Miles McBride or whether it is an RJ Barrett and, um, you know, Grimes, like there, there's some variance in how good those young Knicks could be. But I feel like that's just something that these teams need to do, like shit or get off the pot. I mean, go, go for it at some point. You can't just be mediocre forever. But I feel like that's the problem with Bill, because like I don't think that would move the needle at all for for the Knicks. I don't think Bill is gonna make the Knicks a lot better. Um, like yeah, he's he's better than RJ Barrett. He's better than Julius Randle, but he's not gonna make them a top three team in the East. Um, and I don't think that's that's the case with a lot of teams. So so I think when when other teams are looking at Bill, I think I think it's hard to like put a price on him because I think the Wizards wants you know, two or three first round picks and a good young player, which I don't think a lot of like contending teams have. I don't know. I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm with Dylan. I think, uh, he, I think they need to keep him. I think, um, I think the Wizards are better off trying to build around Beal still. Maybe they'll be good next season or the season after. Maybe not, but Beal will, will still have value in three seasons. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, if if a team comes with the Paul George package, then like yeah. maybe, maybe you reconsider. But if you're getting like, you know, a couple first round picks and a mediocre young player, then you know what's the point? All right. Well, next up we have the LA Lakers and Frank Vogel. These two have been at each other's Ooh. throats. It's been getting heated. Frank Vogel has been told that he's coaching for his job. Do you think they should? Break up or make up? Unless Ty Lu is available, just leave it be. It won't get better. Hey, man. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Lakers. Like, where, where is Ty Lu right now? He's with the Clippers. He's just, uh, just down the hall. He's, he's at the better organization. Do you think he could coach both? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could like, give, you- give him to you on loan. Like You, could, you can have him until Kawhi comes back. He is already at the Stable Center, right? Or, I mean, or what is it? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he just lives at Staples. He just does everyone's home <laughs> games. Yeah, he's got assistants that go on the road with the teams. Maybe maybe Frank Vogel can be the assistant coach on, on the Clippers, and Ty Lue can be the assistant coach on the Lakers, and they could like switch places sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I just I don't think you're going to find a better coach than Frank Vogel. Um, right. I also know that the Lakers have kind of developed this reputation of being a cheap team recently with their refusal to play Kuzma or uh, Caruso. So, I mean, what, they're probably just going to hire David Fisdale 
who's the lead assistant right now. Like that's that's the move, and I don't know that that's a great move. So I'm 100 percent for make up. Just stick with the guy that we've got. Great break up. Oh, oh, oh! I love the fact that we're doing video for this right now because <laughs> we, we got to see that. Yeah, the Lakers need to fire Coach Vogel right now and, and replace him with what? It doesn't matter. Like, don't don't play with your food. As soon as soon as you get to the point where like, oh, this guy's on the hot seat, he's coaching for his job. One more bad loss, and we're gonna fire you. Like, just fire the dude. Like, either yeah. either either you're gonna fire him or you're not. Once you made that decision to be like, yep, you're on the hot seat. You need to sort your shit out. We're gonna fire you. Um, and like, what 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 the fuck's he supposed to do? Like, look at the roster that they gave him. Like, how can he how can he do any better than that? You know, he's shown for two straight seasons that he's a good coach. And then they gave him this crappy roster and they're like, well, why aren't you winning anymore? Like, don't do not do this hot seat, you know, game by game thing. Like, oh, oh you got lucky you beat Utah. You, you keep your job for another day. Like, just either either fire the dude or, or don't. Either just, you know, say, okay, you're not giving us the performance that we think this roster is capable of because we put this roster together and we can't, we're not going to fire ourselves. So we're going to fire you. Or just be like, yeah, we're struggling at the moment, but Coach Vogel, we know he's a good coach. He's coached many great seasons. He won a championship with us, so we're going to back him. And once we get everything back together, you know, once AD's healthy, we know that he's going to get us on the right track. And they they went for the for the former. So, like, don't do this this hot hot seat game by game thing. Just fire the dude if you don't want him. I want them to make up, but <laughs> yeah, you, you're yeah. right. Like at, at this point. Just you either need to like offer this man a contract extension, or you need to fire him. Yep. Nate, is it is it time for your Lakers to bring in Kurt Rambis as head coach? No, is I this want the Luke move Warren back? <laughs> Kurt Rambis, who as a a twenty nine percent career win percentage, um, his two best pieces on his resume are was an assistant for Phil and is married to Jeannie Buss's best friend. Is it time to bring this guy in? Is he the answer to all of your your problems? We've seen him already down in the coaching meetings giving advice like play more DeAndre Jordan. Is it time to bring in Kurt Rambis to fix all the Lakers' problems? No, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Like there are two worse Lakers options that I would rather have. Like, all right, so in the Lakers coaching tree of former Lakers that became coaches, tell me, would you rather have this guy, Kurt Rambis, or uh, So first off, we have Luke Walton, who has a career 40.8% win in record. Oh, look at that. And that's not getting to count any of his Warriors stuff, but he's coached super teams. He's coached playoff. Right, that's without teams. the Warriors. Those adjustments. That's without the Warriors. Oh, man. Just that just system. goes to show how bad Kurt Rambis is as a coach and how ridiculous it is that he's telling Frank <laughs> Vogel what what to do the fact that Kurt Rambis is substantially worse than Luke Walton who we consider to be an absolute failure as a coach in Sacramento um that's insane yeah Yeah, no I mean Walton Walton was below average but not horrific all right second option Derek Fisher with a career 29.4 percent win record (laughs) so right right in Kurt Rambis's wheelhouse yeah and that is that is NBA Fisher's still been getting reps, been learning in the WNBA. Uh, he's got a 55.7% win-loss record there, although he did pit, piss off his star and got her to leave the team. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a no. Like, that's your most important role as a coach is keep your star happy. Don't make your star disgruntled. And yeah. if, if, his, if he was so bad that his star player left the team. Although... Could that be a sneaky um, tanking method, Nate? Is you you bring in Derek Fisher, he pisses off LeBron, and then you're forced to rebuild with um you're you're forced to make a move away from the LeBron Westbrook era, and get back to what the Lakers are actually good at, which is drafting. Can he piss off uh, Westbrook enough that Westbrook quits? <laughs> Just retires. Yeah, make up or break up, Russell Westbrook and the game of basketball. <laughs> oh man. I'm just saying, there, there's a case here. Lakers management goes to Westbrook and they're like, hey, we're going to pay you every dime on your contract, player option included, if you walk away from the game. You can come back in two years, but you need to at least announce a retirement, retire for two years, 
and we'll pay it all under the table. You get no hate. You get all your money. You just got to walk away. Think he does it? Uh, absolutely not. Um, they, they could do it against his will by just buying him out if they're going to pay him all the money anyway. Well, if he retires, it doesn't count against the cap. So you got you to tell him under the table. Mm. All right. My, my third option of former Laker, Byron Scott, career win percentage of 41.2, although his Laker win percentage is 23.2. Where is Byron Scott nowadays? He was coaching the G League night, uh, but they fired him. Mm-hmm. Huh. I remember him. Uh, didn't he coach the Pelicans? Or yeah. Like the Hornets or something? Yeah, he coached the Chris Paul Hornets team. Right. He was pretty decent back then, wasn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he had um, he had a number of successes. He made the, the finals a couple of years, as I want to say, with the Nets. Like, it's crazy how you can go from that to getting fired on a G League team. Yeah. Well, he, he wasn't doing the best with the G League team. They wanted him to develop guys, and he more just kind of ran it like, hey, this is an NBA team, but we're going to try to do this. And, like, All right. Jared Jack got a lot of run. Oh, Jared Jack. Hell, I'll take Jared Jack. He can coach the mm. team at this point. Yeah. Jared Jack would be a good coach, I'm sure. Probably. How about, speaking of Lakers reunion, I don't know if you're going this way. Not a former Lakers player, but a, a, a former Lakers coach. Is it time to bring out of retirement Mike D'Antoni? Oh, I thought you were going to say Mike Brown. I was already pulling Mike <laughs> Brown up. <laughs> no, bring bring back Mike D'Antoni. I mean, you've got LeBron at center. Like, what more could he want? Oh, my God. I mean, and seven seconds or less is, like, the best thing to do with Westbrook. What, in terms of, like, his playing time? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Mike D'Antoni isn't known for, for loving mid-range shooting, so. Yeah, I, I mean, D'Antoni, Brown. Do you guys want to guess Brown's career win percentage? The way you say say it, I think uh, like thirty eight percent, or like up in the forties. Don't think it's gotta be up. Yeah. Well, he did coach some terrible Cleveland teams. Yeah, I was gonna say, but did he get to coach LeBron Cleveland teams? He did. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna say he's like five hundred. Nah. They're like LeBron pulls them up and then the. But did didn't he also coach like the tanking uh, Cleveland teams? 61-6. 61-6. Yeah, because because Byron Scott coached the tanking Cleveland teams. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he got fired five games into uh, into his Lakers second season. Uh, that probably would have been a bad one that would have hurt his uh, win-loss a little bit. But no, he guys... Uh, the win percentage is a pretty bad uh, stat to uh, yeah. like when yeah. you're a coach. <laughs> yeah. Is he still with the with the Warriors? Yeah, yeah, he's probably gonna pick up another ring in the next year or two. Nice, nice. All right, you guys got anyone else for uh, for makeup or breakup? Um, 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 um uh... I tossed in Reggie Jackson. How would you feel about the Clippers moving off of Reggie and maybe Reggie is kind of a stand-in for some of their other uh, pieces? Maybe not Reggie because I think like what are you getting from him? Like, is he even positive value? And, like, why would we pay to get off of Reggie at this stage? Fair. So maybe not Reggie, but I think that, like, there could be a move for us to make just to, like, save some money. Like, we're not going to win a championship this year, and we're super expensive. Um, so maybe you make a move with, like, Marcus Morris, for example, that maybe gives us, saves Balmer some money this year and gives us some more flexibility going forward. Like, one idea that I had is is Morris for Boyan Bogdanovich. Um Bogdanovich is, is a, comes off the books sooner. He makes a little bit less money, so he saves some money. Um, and then Morris is a guy who can switch defensively and create a little bit for himself, um, can, can play the five in a small ball lineup, which we know he can do because that's what killed Utah. Um, I think I think that's a sort of a, a nice move for maybe Utah to make. I like it. I like it. What about you, Nico? Got anyone else for... Uh... I don't know if it's too early, but like just straight up make up or break up Rudy Gobert on Utah. Ooh. Like, is it time to like move on from, from, from this constellation? Might win a championship this year. Like, it's it's pretty wide open. They might. They might. Yeah. They also might not make it out of the second round. That's yeah. it's, it's almost equally possible. Yeah. If you had to bet $100, would the Jazz win a championship or make it out of this, not make it out of the second round? Anything in between doesn't count. Where would you put 
hundred bucks. Definitely. I mean, they're, prob- being... they're probably going to get the Warriors in the second round, which is which is a terrible matchup. So unfortunately, it's that one. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're not they're not that far off. Phoenix is also a bad matchup. They're they're going to get pretty unlucky with like their run. So like who? Let me bring up the <clears throat> standings real quick. Oh, my idea is kind of like I I I know it's really early. Like they they should definitely make a run for the championship this season. But but I I kind of have this fear that that time is kind of over. Mm-hmm. Like like some of the player key pieces are kind of getting a little bit slower, older. Um, I don't think. I don't think they have what it takes to win the championship. Yeah, they've got they've got one first round pick that they can trade, so they've got like they've got one move that they can make. Um, so like there there is a tiny bit of room to to do something. Um, but yeah, they they their guys are getting old, um, and they don't have they don't have a massive amount of flexibility. Yeah, I mean, the the way they rely on Mike Conley and Conley's thirty four. If they don't mm-hmm. win it this year, it just keeps getting harder and harder. Yeah, Bojan is also really important to them offensively, mm-hmm. and I mean, Joe Ingles was part of the reason why they rely on Mike Conley so much is because Joe Ingles was really important to them, and he is definitely started slow. He's also thirty four. Yeah, that it's a depressing look at it, but maybe they should move Gobert. I should just think like this uh, little stretch here with uh, without um, Gobert on the court. Mm-hmm. Really, kind of showed how weak they are without the the amazing defense that he brings every night. Um, as oh, I man, see go- it, I think they're a pretty damn good defensive team, and that's like their force. That's like what they do. Yeah. Um, and you you really saw without Gobert on the court how, how weak they are in in terms of uh, defense coming from elsewhere, and yeah, also like just the lack of. Uh, good enough offense to win games just by being good at the offense. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, like I haven't checked, but like up until recently, they've been the number one offense. Um, so that's sort of been their idea: is just put all these offensive players around Gobert, and Gobert yeah. on his own will get you to a top five defense. Like there is no one else that they play in their rotation besides maybe like Royce O'Neal, who's an above average defender at their right. position, and they're the fifth best defense in the league. Um, so it, it literally is just all go beer, surround him with offense. Um, and like that is a, a proven formula in the regular season. Um, but it get, gets a little bit tricky once you're, yeah, plus, man, all, all these matchups are just terrible. So like if, if players started right now that have their, their playoff run would be Dallas, Phoenix, and then probably Golden State. Like those are probably the three worst teams that they could match up against. And they'll get all What's three. a good matchup? <laughs> uh, Memphis is a good matchup. Denver's not too bad. Yeah. Um, any, 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 anyone know. except those three. But I mean, you know, those are the, the maybe the three best teams. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right with that one. All right, I'm going break up. Blow it up. <laughs> yeah. Also, Gobert is 29, which I hadn't realized. Yeah, he was that old. Uh, Mitchell's 25. You know. It might be time to to blow it up and try to try to rebuild before you miss out too much on Mitchell's prime. I and I already have a very nice trade idea for you guys. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of felt uh, a a short excitement for um, what what if uh, Rudy Gobert joined the Cleveland Cavaliers for next season? Is he going there in place <laughs> of Jared Allen, or yeah, is he yeah, going yeah. there? Okay. No, in place of Jared and like just a, an upgrade, you know? Okay, I was worried that you were going to try to go for a Gobert, Allen, Lowry Markkinen, and Mobley front line. Uh, that, that, that'd be a little bit too much. Yeah, a little. <laughs> a little bit. Well, hey, Nico, I saw you had a different take, uh, and I, I meant to put this in our show notes, uh, but I was, I was scrolling the Facebooks, as one does, and I, I saw you say something about, are we sure Joel Embiid doesn't get angry with Philly and demand a trade? Oh, you, want, yeah. you want to elaborate on your, uh, your Embiid thoughts? No, I think what I actually wrote was that I hoped Joel Embiid got mad and, and demanded a trade. It, it's just that I think that this whole situation with uh, Maury, uh, the, the way he just like kind of refuses to take any trades right now, it's just such a bad look. 
I just think like the Philly has been a terrible organization in my opinion for a very long time. Like this whole uh, this this whole um, trusted process thing, huge failure in my opinion. And I don't think they deserve to get a big trade package for Simmons. They did Simmons wrong. Simmons reacted. They didn't want to like make mints. Like they they just made the situation even worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now they expect teams to like just hand them over a superstar. Terrible situation. And and I really hope that Joel Embiid kind of like owns the situation and just like make it about himself, leave the team, uh, go somewhere else where he can make a success out of himself. Because like he deserves more, I think. Yeah, there's been this opinion going around um, sort of NBA fandom that Joel being as good as he's been, like another MVP caliber season, mm-hmm. is like even more impetus that like you have to trade Simmons now because you cannot waste this Embiid season. And I kind of have the opposite take that because Joel is so good, like you cannot waste your one opportunity to build a championship team around him by moving Simmons for less than what you could get. Um, Joel Embiid is like legitimately a guy that could be the best player on a championship team, could be an MVP. And so if you give him Harrison Barnes and Tyrese Halliburton, is he going to win a championship? Probably not. If you give him CJ McCollum, is he going to win a championship? Probably not. And so I think for that exact reason, because he is so good and is having such a great season, that's all the more reason that you don't trade Simmons probably before um, next offseason. Because you, this is your one chance to create a championship team around this championship level player, and you can't waste that by giving into the pressure of of you know marginal improvement. Well, that's that's the the Daryl Morey take of it. Uh, my my thoughts was more just kind of on Nico's uh, like big picture thing, and B needs to just like man up and say, "I am the franchise." Right. Like when he came in, it was all about Hinky and Hinky's trust the process. And now you got, uh, the, then went to the Colangelos, um, who are like big name GMs. And I was kind of just thinking about it. Like, you know, LeBron is running LA for better or worse. He is, everything goes through him. And I think there's a lot of worse. I'm not, not saying this because I've really enjoyed the Russell Westbrook experience. Um, but there is something to be said about having the top tier guy kind of come in and really dictate terms and really kind of say, Hey, we need to go for it. We need to try or like, you know, I I don't know. I just, I'm ready to see Philly break up with the idea of anyone else in that franchise having more importance or more say than Joel Embiid. So that that's the breakup I want to see. I want, I want Philadelphia to break up with their GM love fest and empower the players. So, yeah, go um, players. That's kind of the thing that I've liked so much about Embiid is, is throughout this process is that he continues to do the right things and, and say the right things, which is, you know, um, I'm focusing on playing right now and we have a, we have an awesome team now. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm the star player, I'm not the GM. And leaving that to, to Daryl and trusting his organization that they are going to put him in the best position to succeed and not coming in and being like, all right, you need to trade Ben Simmons and... and Get me Russell Westbrook, and and you know blowing that opportunity and handicapping your franchise, and you know just leaving himself in a terrible position. Um, that sort of thing that I've liked most about him is that, with with all the you know he has every excuse in the world to just be a dick and to be like, not nah, move this guy now. Get me someone who can help me. I'm having this awesome season. I don't want to waste it. We can win a championship now. Get me CJ McCollum. You know he continues to to just do do the right thing and to just play awesome and and otherwise be patient and have faith in in his organization which which is the opposite of of it's it's the opposite of what we just talk so much shit about lebron for doing it's like i know lebron but- makes these demands isn't a good gm because he's not a gm he's a player um players aren't half as smart as they think they are and i just want like, him i want him to I show don't trust the joel Embiid's player evaluation and Joel Embiid scouting and Joel Embiid's you know future cap analysis. I Fair. trust him to to get me buckets and stop the other team from getting buckets. Fair. I just I want him to be the front and the face of Philly. I don't want 
I think part of the reason why things are as bad, you've got Maury publicly trying to trade Simmons. You've got uh, Doc Rivers throwing him under the bus at the end of the playoff series. If Embiid is the guy and he is like the icon of the franchise, Embiid just shows up and says, hey, knock it off. We ain't doing this. Like, I don't know, I just... He doesn't need to exert full control. I've seen this go badly a couple of times. You know, the Westbrook deal. Uh, Kobe tried to trade away Bynum for Jason Kidd back in the day. It it doesn't always go great, but I also just, I want him to be in charge and be empowered. That's that's where I was getting. <laughs> I feel like we may get there once, like, the Simmons fiasco is over. Like, once... I mean, the reason that he's not the star is because there is this entire Simmons thing going on. And, like, that's sure. the big story. Um, and that's the reason that Daryl is, you know, sort of the face of the franchise um, to the extent that he is, is because everything in Philadelphia is just, like, hanging on what move is this guy going to make. And I think once that move gets made, they've built a championship team and the Sixers are awesome and are competing, then I think Joel is the unambiguous face of the franchise and is the guy i think the only reason that he's not is because you know ben simmons is is ben simmons yeah all right well do you guys have any kind of final takes to close on i know i said we weren't going to talk simmons we ended up talking simmons so we weren't going to talk grant we ended up talking some grant but (laughs) what uh you know any other guys that you want to see moved or uh kind of as the deadline heats up any other trades you want to see made I don't know about the trade, but I just found it funny that Westbrook has a better field goal percentage than Steph Curry. Is your random stat of the day. Right. Uh, <laughs> Curry's been brutal. I was trying to watch that, the Utah game last night, and it was, I think he ended up one for 13 from three. Bad. He's uh, shooting away his MVP title brick by brick. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. I was going to say that straw poll had him like what it was like 99% first place. And now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what would he be like? Solid third or fourth? Yeah. The real question is who who would get it right now? Because Durant's injured and he was second in the poll. I want to say Jokic was third, uh, but you know, Denver's down at sixth in the West, barely above 500. Maybe Giannis. Yeah. Probably Giannis. Giannis. Fourth. Yeah, probably yeah. him. Giannis is my leader right now, and Jogic yeah. just behind him. Yep. Can we just give it to Chris Paul? Yeah, it would be my Like, the Suns are so awesome. <laughs> just a makeup one for the, the one that he lost to Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do that if there's no clear winner? Um, <laughs> you, you just give it a makeup. Right. Like, uh, I don't know, man. There's, there's not really a standout guy. We'll just give it to LeBron. We owe him a couple. Yeah. Shit, we did LeBron wrong on so, in so many seasons. Let's just give him give him one. Yeah. Uh. I mean, would they just give it to Jordan at that point? Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Yeah. There's there's no standout. So 2022 MVP is Michael Jordan. Oh God! Only if you can get LeBron on a podium, like to, to just be. Like, like, hey, LeBron. You, oh yeah, so you don't have to give away. Oh, like take away the MVP title from someone else. Yeah. That'd be a fun segment. Uh, like players you want to take the MVP title away from and who would you want instead? I don't know. Summer project. Right. We can we can do that over the, over the off season. Yeah. But gentlemen, it's been another great pod. Wonderful chatting with you guys. Uh, like, follow us on Facebook, on TikTok. Hit us up on Twitter. We'd love to hear from y'all. Thanks. <laughs> Can I jump on the opposite way? Do you know how I think she'll break up? I think it's time for me and Nico to branch out on our own, Nate. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go break up on that one. <laughs> I'm going to break up on your breakup. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs>